Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, pull out your Bible if you got a Bible. Uh, if you got an e-Bible, pull out your e-Bible. If you got something to take notes, I really want you to take notes today. I know it's the summer, and you're like, no. Isn't it funny, some of the things you refuse to do in the summer? You're just like, it's summer, I don't care. You're like, it can wait till winter. Hey, can I say this really quick? Um, uh, Pastor Adesia did an amazing job when she spoke, okay? Come on, come on. Jeanette Prince did an amazing, amazing job. Come on, Pastor Matt did a great job. Can we get real loud for all three of them? Come on. We're super blessed to have people uh, that can speak uh, when we're not here. And um, you know what the best part is? I have full confidence when I'm gone. Um, That's a great feeling, uh, because I know that they have great things to share with you, and uh, I'm so proud of them, and uh, so thankful to have that. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that is a light unto our path. As we're going to see today, God, it's good medicine to our soul, to our body, to our mind. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now to come and reveal Jesus, reveal truth, reveal the heart of the Father so that we can become more like Jesus today. We worship you and we honor you. We thank you, God, for today. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Get real loud for the worship team this morning. Come on. Um, Quick update for uh, everybody that saw my Instagram live. Who saw my Instagram live the other night? A few of you? Okay, there was some other people too. Uh, My pilot, my Honda pilot that I've had for 14 years, okay, 14 years, 332,000 miles. She died the other night, guys, in the Chili's parking lot, okay? We had the women's group at our house. I had to get the boys out of the house. We went to Chili's. We had a great dinner. My wife, Jessica, hates Chili, so I go when she's not with us, okay? And uh, went out, and um, and she was dead, and she and she is dead, and um, we are putting her out to rest, okay? And so um, uh, that was a sad day, um, but I'm excited. There's a new black truck, 2017 uh, truck out there. I got the uh, Tundra. I'm inspired by my great friend Dave Shannon. Dave's got 500,000 miles on his truck. So I got my truck the other day, pulled over on the side of the road, prayed over it and blessed it, and it's going to 500,000. I got another 14, 15 years I'm going to be driving this sucker. So uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, All right, uh, take out your Bibles uh, today. We're going to kind of be all over the place um, 
today. If you're taking notes, I want you to entitle it Good Medicine, Good Medicine. Uh, let me show you a real quick picture of my son, Michael, that was up here. Uh, this is Michael and his friend Parker. Uh, this was a, a couple years ago. We went to Lake Cumberland. This was back in 2020. Um, how many of you are lake people? You're like, man, the lake is just wonderful. Boating people, okay? Um, I, I'm a big uh, tuber. I love tubing, okay? And um, I'm not talking about like wimpy tubing. I'm talking about death like tubing, like you're on the edge of death tubing. Uh, when I lived in Michigan, one of our youth moms, um, she had this speedboat, and man, she could get you to whip out almost in front of the boat where you thought the boat was going to come and kill you. And every moment of that time, I was like, yes, bring it on. I'll take on the boat, you know? And so uh, I love tubing. And so we were down in Lake Cumberland, and, and the boys are tubing. And I love when you can just slow that boat down to almost a stop, and then you just gun it. And you get that line to just whip, you know what I mean? Like you're giving somebody whiplash, you're like, oh God, you know what I mean? And they're like holding on for dear life. So this is what I was doing with the boys. And I didn't know, but Parker's arm got stuck in the rope when it went, when the rope went lip. So when I gunned it and the rope, you know, pulled tight, it about chopped Parker's arm off, okay? And so, so... He gets back in the boat. He's got this huge gash on his arm. He's like, you know, bleeding everywhere. And everybody's getting queasy right now. I know that. Okay. And, um, and we're thinking like, okay, what, what do we need to do uh, with Parker? And, you know, um, somebody said, hey, we should probably go to the hospital and get him some stitches. Okay. Now, I'm thinking, who's got time for stitches? We are at the lake, everybody. Okay. We're here to have a good time. We're here to, too. We're here to have some fun. We don't have time for stitches. And I thought, you know what Parker really needs? Parker just needs what? Some Neosporin, okay? All right? Who is a fan of Neosporin, okay? Listen, I believe you could put Neosporin on anything, okay? It, it will heal anything. I remember uh, many years ago, I was playing basketball, and I got pushed from behind, and my leg, uh, my leg right here flew into the pole and just cracked my shin wide open, okay? And, and once again, this is Pastor Jeff's logic. Who needs a hospital, okay? No, nobody needs a hospital. Nobody needs stitches. So uh, what did I do? For two months, I got some butterfly uh, bandages and did what? Put Neosporin on it for two straight months. And guess what? Yeah, do I have a scar? Sure. Did it heal? Absolutely, okay? <laughs> Why? Because the neosporin is what? It's just good medicine, okay? It's good medicine. So we're going to talk today about good medicine. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, says this, my child, pay attention to what I say. So he's talking about the Word of God. Pay attention to the Word of God. Okay, listen carefully to what? My words. And I think this is really important right now. There is so much talk in the world. There's so much news in the world. There's so much communication in the world. There's so much in front of you every single day trying to grab your attention. 
And the Lord's saying, carefully what? Listen to my words, especially right now. It's real important. Listen to my words. Says, don't lose sight of them, okay? Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Verse 22, here's the part I really wanted to get to. For they bring life to those who find them. Life to those who find them. Meaning what? Those who are searching for God's words and God's truth, it will be life to what? Your mind. It'll be life to your soul. And then it says this, and healing to what? Their whole body. That means what? Healing inside and out. Your entire body is healed by what? The word of God. God's truth. Okay? Now listen, look, you guys are just too quiet for me this morning, okay? You got to liven up a little bit, okay? I know it's the morning, I know it's the summer, but I'm back and I got a lot to say, okay? Yeah, thank you, thank you. We're, we're, we're not going to play the quiet game today, okay, in Jesus' name, okay? Luke chapter 5, verse 31, Jesus said to them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And let me be real clear to you, we're all sick. We're all sick. Every single one of us, we're sick and we need what? We need Jesus, the great physician in our life. And so today I want to talk about sickness that I actually believe has spread faster than COVID ever did. You know, I remember back in March of 20 uh, and all the news could talk about was what? The spread, right? The spread, how COVID was spreading, how fast COVID was spreading. But I want to talk about a sickness today that I believe is spread, has spread across our entire planet. I believe that it is mutating and multiplying and changing constantly and is destroying our world and has also gotten into the church and is destroying the church. And so the sickness I want to talk about today is this, a spirit of offense, No, I'm talking about the spirit of offense. We're offended people. We're angry people. We're judgmental people. We're bitter people. We're jealous people. We're know-it-all people. We know it all. Want everybody to know that we know it all. We're offended. We're bitter. We're upset. And what's crazy is this. It's, it's little stuff. It's the tiniest, minute, little things in this life that we're upset about all the time, okay? It's, it's little moments we get upset about. And, and what I'm gonna say too, it is a small-minded perspective, okay? So today we're gonna talk about offense because here's the deal. This is what's crazy to me. It's so crazy to watch how hard it is for People to be happy when other people are blessed. Can I get an amen from anybody here? It's just crazy to watch this. Somebody gets a new home. Somebody gets a a new job. Somebody gets a raise at their job. Somebody has more childcare than somebody else does. Somebody's upset because they used to spend more time with each other. Uh, They're upset about something somebody said. or, Or listen, even just the way somebody looks at them, And our response, our response to this life should be, thank God that God is good and God bless them. You know why? 
Because when God blesses somebody or heals somebody or increases somebody else's life, it's God telling us, if I did it for them, I'll certainly do it for you. Right? That, that's, a, that's a truth. Our response should be that God's grace is more than enough to deal with difficult times, difficult situations, difficult people. But it's amazing how, kind of like a light switch, that spirit of fence can turn on and off real quickly. It's amazing how fast that that switch can just get switched on and we can go into a fence super fast. You know, I was at lunch last Sunday. Um, we took Pastor Matt and Elena uh, to lunch. They did a great job. Pastor Matt did a great job. And so we were at lunch with them. And um, our waitress um, that day was in a hurry. Anybody ever have that happen to you before? Like your waitress or your waiters in a super big hurry? That's like a pet peeve of mine, okay? All right? And, and the reason it's a pet peeve is I have a lot to say, okay? I got, I got a lot to say. Look, I don't have one drink. I have three drinks. I want a Coke. I want a Coca Grenadine. And I want a water, okay? Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? I don't, I don't want just a, the little, I am sick of these little tiny dabs of butter that they give you at restaurants, okay? I want a bucket of butter, okay? I, I want you to bring out a bucket for me, okay? And that's just the beginning because I'm the most picky person ever. So I'm gonna tell you 14 different things that I want done with my meal so that it's done correctly, okay? So when somebody is in a hurry, I can get a little peeved, right? And I'm thinking to myself, this is her job. <laughs> you like that? This is her job. Her job is to stand here and to listen to my ridiculous order, okay, that I have right now, okay? So what is really, really happening inside? I'm getting offended. And you're like, oh, really? That's not offense. No, 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 it is. I'm offended. I'm offended that she's not doing what I want her to do. So I'm getting a little snippy with her, okay? So a little snippy, she leaves, okay? And the Holy Spirit just said to me, he said, that's my daughter, don't talk to her that way. That's my daughter. You just allowed offense to come in. You don't need to treat my daughter that way. You don't know what's going on in her life. And I remember the Lord goes, look around. Do you see all the tables she has to wait on today? Don't talk to my daughter that way. So we're going to talk about offense. We're going to talk about the sickness. But I'm also going to talk about what? The good medicine of the word of God that heals our brokenness in our life. Amen? Okay. All right. Point number one today is this. Heart of grace. Heart of grace. Colossians 3.13 says this. Make allowance. Make allowance for what? For each other's faults, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, the Bible's talking about you, okay? <laughs> say, that the Bible's talking about you. you. You got a bunch of faults. You got a bunch of mistakes, okay? And then it goes on and says this. Forgive anyone who has offended you, okay? When, when I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for 18 years, we'd have these moments in youth group where I called them boo moments. And I would have like all the kids go, everybody boo, 
and they would go boo like this, okay? This is a boo moment in the word of God, okay? This is a moment we're reading the Bible and we're like, forgive anybody? I'll forgive some people I like. I'll forgive some people that I want to get something from. Amen? I'm just being real today, aren't I? Man, you getting it today. It says forgive anybody, anybody who's crossed you, anybody who's said an ill word towards you, forgive anybody who's offended you in any way. It says this, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Passion's translation says this, you are always dearly loved by God. Praise God that we're dearly loved by God. So robe yourselves in the virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. So we have all been chosen to be what? Different than the world. Amen? We're not called to be the world. We're not called to look like the world. We're called to be different than the world. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand. Understand what? Understand others. And can I just go out on a limb and say this? I know that I'm super conservative and that probably 90% of our church is super conservative, but can we work as the people of God to understand people that don't see life the way that we do so that we can actually show them the grace and the love of Jesus Christ? Amen? Okay, this is what the word tells us. Endeavor to understand others. I'm not saying you have to agree with them. I'm not saying that that we align. I'm just saying I'm going to endeavor to understand why do you think this way? Sometimes it comes from years of hurt and pain. Be compassionate. Showing kindness towards all. Be gentle, humble, unoffendable. Oh, man. God's telling us that we can get to a place that we are unoffendable. So he's showing us. He's saying there's a place that you can get where you are unoffendable, patient. Verse 13, tolerating the weaknesses of those who are in the family of faith, forgiving one another the same way you've graciously been forgiven by Jesus Christ. Okay, so Colossians is saying what? we have to store up what? An allowance, okay? We gotta have an allowance of what? Grace in our life. We have to store up an allowance, okay? Now, the question is how do we store up an allowance, right? So we have, um, we have this uh, other account that we use. It's called Chime, okay? And um, we put some money into this account, and we can use this as like a credit card, but it's not a credit card, so it builds our credit, and we don't have to use credit cards. It's a super cool way of like kind of building your credit and not using credit and a bunch of different things, using your own money. So we store some money. So when we went uh, to Florida, um, I asked Jess, I said, hey, will you check the Chime account and tell me what's in there, you know? And so she checked the Chime account and it was like $2,100. And I was like, come on somebody, let's go. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea how much was in the account, brought the Chime card with us, super excited, okay? Now, how did we store up 
this allowance, right? We stored it up with what? Time, right? We put money into this account. We allowed this account to grow, right? We grew it, right? Not letting the immediate needs dictate what we were gonna do with that account, right? So here's the deal. How do we have an account in where? Our heart. This is what the word's talking about. Having an account in your heart that is what? Full of grace, full of forgiveness, that is gentle, humble, unoffendable, and tolerates what? Other people's weaknesses. Okay? And can I just say this? I want to say something that is going to offend all of us. Okay? Be ready to be offended. Okay? We are all so stinking fast to judge other people. Right? We'll say, man, that person talks too much. You know? We'll say, I, I can't believe what that person eats. <laughs> You'd say that every day of your life if you spent it with me, okay? <laughs> we would say, I, I would never do that. How many times have you heard that? I, I would never act like that. I would never say that. I would never be that. Or, you know, sometimes you're at King's Island, you're like, man, those people are crazy. They are cray-cray, okay? Right? We're so fast to point out other people's weaknesses, okay? And the truth is this. We all have weaknesses. No matter how strong you think you are in one area. So, Because here's what I know. All of us have different areas that we are stronger in than other people. And to be honest, I think that's where we put a lot of our pride, a lot of our ego comes from, that I'm strong in this area. But we all have weaknesses. Let, let me put up a picture for you, okay? <laughs> this is a stronghold in my life, okay? This is a weakness in my life, okay? Me and Jess, we were down in Florida. I gotta tell you this quick story, okay? We're at our restaurant that we love, the Boathouse. And you know what I love? So many of you have told me you've visited the Boathouse. I, I had a young family today tell me, we were at the Boathouse last week. It was amazing. So if you've never been to the Boathouse, it's down in Orlando, okay? They have these yeast rolls, big, fluffy. I like big, fluffy bread, okay? All right? And, and they take hot, melted butter, and they pour it on the rolls, okay? Hot butter, like you get at the movie theater, okay? On top of the rolls, okay? Then they take hot honey and pour that on top of the rolls, okay? Yeah, now, now you, I've lost all of you. You're all like, we're going to the boathouse right now, okay? And then, and then if that's not enough, they give you a tub of butter, okay? A tub of butter, okay? So, we all have weaknesses. This is a weakness in, in, in our life, okay? So, we're at, we're at the boat house, okay? They bring out a plate, I think, of like, of like six, six of these. It's 10.30 at night. We haven't ate since, I think, around breakfast. We destroy the plate, okay? 
So like the ladies walking by, I'm like, hey, can we get an alert to play to them roles? You know what I mean? And I was like, bring a few extra if you don't mind. You know what I mean? So she comes back with a plate of like eight of them, okay? You would have thought that we had never ate food in our life, okay? I mean, we were like, you know, just destroying these rolls, okay? So we order, we've destroyed the rolls, and she comes back to like check on our drinks. And she goes, hey, would you want some more rolls? And I'm like, man, no, we're good. Like, we've just destroyed like 10 rolls. Like, like we're good. And just looks at her, and she uses her finger. This is my favorite part. She uses her finger, and she goes, nope. Just like that, nope. Another round. Bring it, keep it coming, okay? Just keep this thing, keep this train a-rolling. And I'm like, well, we're here. I guess we're doing it, you know? Right? We all got weaknesses. Amen? Okay, so how do we have this allowance of grace and forgiveness in our hearts? Okay, two things. Number one is this. Write this down. Number one is time with Jesus. It's time with Jesus. It's time in his presence. When you spend time with Jesus in his grace, just like we felt in worship, you feel his grace, you feel his love, you feel his mercy, and when you feel his grace and his love and your mercy, you store that up in your heart. It's time with Jesus. Time spent with him in his grace and his forgiveness. The second thing is this. God the Father will give us opportunities to exercise our faith. He'll give us opportunities. So sometimes there will be somebody at work that is a thorn in your flesh and you think, God, just remove this. And God's going, no, I'm trying to use this. Yeah, I'm not getting a lot of amens now, am I? I'm going to share a real story with you. Um, a little over a month ago, we had a great family in the church move on to another church. And this happens at times. And, um, and it wasn't anything bad. They weren't mad at us. We weren't mad at them. They had some ministry gifts. And uh, to be honest, like we just didn't have a fit for them. And they wanted to use their gifts. And there was another church that opened up a door for them to use their gifts. And, um, and here's the deal. We don't own you. Can I get an amen? I'm not God. I hate churches that think like that they own people. I don't, I don't own anybody. And so, you know, I talked to them and said, hey, you know, be blessed. We love you. We're happy. Go, go serve the kingdom, right? Um, but how many of you know that that's still an interesting place when somebody leaves your house, right? So now what was really interesting about the situation is that I'm in the golf league on Wednesday nights with the church. And this individual is actually my partner, in the golf league. And so I had somebody at church, they were talking to me, and they said, so are you gonna show up Wednesday night for golf league? And I was like, yeah, it's golf league. I wanna play, yeah, I, I'll be there. And so they looked at me kinda like, 
I'm not talking about golf right now, Pastor Jeff. You know, they looked at me and said, and then they came back and said, well, you know your partner just went to a different church. And I said, ah, there it is. There it is. I said, I'm not going to allow the spirit of offense to change who I am. See, God will give you opportunities. Opportunities, what? To grow in him, grow in account of love and grace and forgiveness, right? Tolerating, understanding other people, understanding different seasons. God will give this to you, but he'll also allow you to operate in those. Point number two today is this. The spirit of offense. The spirit of offense. Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 through 16, it says this. One of the 12, one of the 12 disciples, Jesus' 12 disciples, the one called Judas, went to the chief high priest. Verse 15, asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him, meaning Jesus, over to you? Why? Because they wanted to kill Jesus. Right? Talk about people who were offended. Right? High priests, Sadducees, the Pharisees, man, they were offended by what Jesus was saying. They were offended. They were offended that Jesus was healing people on Sunday the Sabbath. Right? They wanted to kill him. They wanted to remove him. So Judas says, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him. 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to do what? To hand over Jesus. Okay, so we're talking about the spirit of offense. I can tell you that at some point, Judas got offended. At some place, at some point, and at some time, Judas got offended. Now, let's look at this. Jesus had how many disciples? Everybody said, oh, he had 12 disciples. No, no, he had 70, okay? Jesus had 70, okay? And then out of the 70, he had 12, okay, that were closer to him. Out of the 12, he had three, Peter, James, and John, who were real close to him. And out of the three, there was one that had his heart, and it was John, okay? So I have to imagine this, that at some point, out of all these disciples, some point in time, Jesus got offended. And I wonder, I'm just, I'm just speculating here, okay? I wonder if Judas got offended at the moment that he wasn't chosen to be one of the three. Yeah? He was one of the 12, he was one of the 70, but he wasn't one of the three. I wonder if he got offended when he didn't get picked to be one of the three. You know, because Jesus never said, on Judas, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He never said that, he said, upon Peter, upon Peter, my rock, I will build my church. He never said, upon Judas, and I wonder if at that moment, 
Jesus said, why not me? You ever had that question before? God, why not me? Why did that person get picked? Why did you bless that person? Why did you anoint that person? Why didn't you give me that position? Why didn't you give me that raise? Why aren't you doing what I want you to do, God? At some point, he must have said, why not me? Why am I not good enough? Why am I not qualified? Why am I not getting picked? He wasn't picked to be on the mountain of transfiguration. Peter, James, and John were. Meaning what? He was left behind. He was left behind. You ever been left behind? You ever been the third wheel? You have moments where people exclude you? You ever have moments where people treat you differently than the other people? You get offended real quick. You get bitter real quick. I know I have. I know I've had moments where I go, why didn't I get picked? Why was I left behind? Why was I excluded? You get offended real quick. But here's the deal. He was one of the 12, though. And as one of the 12, he was... One of the 12 out of billions of people that have been on the earth, he was picked to spend every day for three years with Jesus day by day. He was picked. He was one of the 12. But here's what's interesting. The spirit of offense got on him. And he couldn't even recognize and see that Jesus picked him handpicked him to be one of the 12. I, I want you to get this. He spent every day with Jesus for three years and still got offended and was deceived. See, he was with Jesus when Jesus brought the dead little girl back to life. Could you imagine that? Could you literally imagine being next to Jesus, watching Jesus raise the dead? Could you imagine your faith? Could you imagine your hope? If you, see, we talk about it. We read about it. We get excited just reading about it. Could you imagine being there in that moment where Jesus said, back to life, could you imagine being there the moment that Jesus healed the man with the withered hand? Crippled, deformed. Jesus touched his hand, perfectly healed. Restored, renewed. Could you imagine seeing this with your eyes? Could you imagine seeing the moment the man with leprosy who had been ostracized and, and, and left behind. He was healed. Everything that was stolen in that man's life was healed and restored in a moment's time. 
And I want to say this. I, I, was, I was writing that last night, and the Lord said to me, somebody here today feels like the enemy has stolen from their life. And the Lord says, I am restoring everything back to you. Everything the Lord, everything the enemy stole, I am going to restore it back to you and above and beyond. I promise you. Can you imagine the moment Judah saw this firsthand? But at some point, he got offended. What's interesting about the spirit of offense, you could literally be in the presence of God, but the spirit of offense is on you, and you can miss everything that Jesus is doing because you're offended. You're offended. And it got on him. And Judas must have thought at some point, why does Jesus get all the credit? Right? Why is everybody giving Jesus all the credit? He must have thought at some point in time, why, did, why didn't I get picked? Why, why is Peter better than me? At some point in time, he got offended. And this explains the money. You ever thought about that? Why the money? Ask the Lord. I said, why the money? Because I'm going to tell you why. He believes a couple things. The first thing that Judas believes is this, is that he's overlooked. Right? And when you feel overlooked, okay, you can feel like this. Well, we're working just as hard as Jesus is. Where's my cut? Right? They're with Jesus every day. Jesus is sending them out to heal and restore people. I'm sure at some point he thought, well, where's our cut? Where's our portion? We're working just as hard as Jesus, and we're getting nothing for this. Spirit of offense. I love when people come to me like, I, I don't understand. What why, why are we all serving here? <laughs> because we love Jesus. And we're happy to serve him. We're not looking for anything in return. We're just happy to be on Team Jesus, serving him in the last days right before he comes. But you can point out the spirit of offense real quick. The second thing that I think was happening was this. At some point in time, Judas must have thought, you know what? I want a little bit of the glory for myself. I, I, I want some of the praise. Jesus is getting all this praise. Jesus is getting all this glory. You know, I, I want to hold some of this too. And it reminds me of this angel. See, there was this angel at one point in time that made a decision. He made this decision. He said, I want to hold the glory. See, we are called to bring glory and honor to Jesus. This is why when glory and praise gets on somebody, they always crumble. It always ruins people. Why? We're not, we're not designed to hold glory. We're designed to reflect glory. Oh, that was a good word. Look in culture. Look how people will fall apart. They will get so deep into darkness. Why? They are not designed to hold the glory. They're designed to reflect the glory of God. 
And once you start holding the glory, once you start saying the glory's mine, the praise is mine, it's the moment that you've switched and you're not designed for that. And so there's an angel and he said, I want some of the praise. And he actually even said it like this way. He said, I want to be like God. I want to be like him. Isaiah 14 verse 12 says this. Oh, how you've fallen from heaven. Oh, shining star, son of the morning. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Satan. Oh, shining star, son of the morning. This is who God created him to be. Shining star, son of the morning. Jesus handpicked him. Said, you are my morning star, son to me. He said, oh, how you've fallen from heaven. You've been thrown down to earth, you who have destroyed the nations in the world. You said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's star. I will be praised on the mountain of God far in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. See, I'm going to tell you something. When you have the spirit of offense on you, it will always transition into what? Deception. It will deceive you to believe what? I don't need God, and I can be my own God, and I can ascend above God, and I can have my own life, and I can have my own dreams, and I can have my own plans, and I can do whatever I want without God because I don't need God. Doesn't it sound like the world we live in right now? My life can be better outside of God. Now, here's what's interesting. Both Satan and Judas had what? The spirit of offense on them. Both of them. Both Satan and Judas both got what? They both got deceived. What did it ultimately lead to? It led to their destruction, both of them. See, we, we have to recognize when we allow the spirit of offense to stay in our lives, we are leaving the door open for the enemy to come in and to mess with our lives. The third thing is this, offended people are always jealous people. Offended people are always, always jealous people. They're always looking at other people going, why did they get blessed? Why is God doing that in their life? Why did they get that raise? Why did they get that? Judas had to have had a ton of jealousy to say, you know what? I want some love. I want some praise. At some point, he must have thought, you know what, why does Jesus make all the decisions? Right? Why does Jesus make all the decisions? Why is it always Jesus' timeline? Why is it always Jesus telling us to go? Why is Jesus telling us to do this? Why is Jesus telling us to go into town and get food for him while he sits at, you know, at the well? Why is Jesus always making the decisions? I'm sure at some point Judas thought, I got my own dreams. 
I got my own plans. I got my own desires. I got my own future lined up. I want to show you something. See, Judas was so short-sighted. He was living for the 60, 70, 80 temporal years we have on this earth. What he wasn't living for were the billions and trillions of years that he would live in eternity forever and ever. And this is the problem. This is the issue. We don't have eternity really deep in our soul. So when life happens and there's little moments that we have the opportunity to get offended, we get offended because we're living for now. We're living for when I get to 60, when I get to 70, when I get to 80, instead of going, you know what? This really doesn't matter in this life. This really doesn't matter in this moment. This really doesn't have any effect on what? Eternity, the thing that I'm really living for. I'm living not for today. I'm not living for tomorrow. I'm living for the billions and the trillions of years that I'm gonna spend in the presence of God in eternity with Him. He was so short-sighted. See, Him, us, we needed the good medicine of what? The Word of God. The good medicine. Remember, I started today, read, what does the Bible say? It is good medicine for our soul. Good medicine for our mind. Good medicine for our spirit. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Let me give you some medicine today. Don't judge others, and you won't be judged. Can I get an amen from anybody? Don't judge others. Don't judge their life, and then you won't be judged. Don't condemn others, or it'll come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. This is good medicine. This is what? This is neosporin of the Bible. We got some wounds. We got some hurts. We have some pains. We have some moments that we were rejected. We have some moments that we weren't picked. We have some moments that we were overlooked. We've had some moments that somebody else was blessed. We've had some moments when somebody else got a promotion and we didn't. We have some moments. We have some hardships. We have some moments. We got some daddy issues. I understand what that feels like. My dad took off. He's never talked to me in my life. Years ago, the Lord told me, forgive him, write him a letter. I wrote him a letter. He still wouldn't reach out to me. I know what it feels like. But I need the Word of God. I need the medicine of the Word of God to go, you know what? I'm going to forgive him today just like I forgave him four years ago. I'm not going to allow the spirit of offense to rule my life. I'm not going to allow it to rule my thoughts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this. Instead, be kind. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven us. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 says those. But to those who are willing to listen, and that's a question, are you willing to listen to the Spirit of God? Or are you, or are you listening to the Spirit of this world? There's a spirit in this world, the spirit of events. Will you listen to the Word of God? It says, I say, love your enemies. 
Not love your friends, not love your family. Well, sometimes your family are your enemies. Okay, let's just get that right. It says, love your enemies. Love the people that you don't want to love. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a super level of maturity. That's a different level of maturity. When you can love people that literally hate you, that want bad and destruction for you, but you say, no, I love you, not through my own love, but through the love of Christ. Proverbs 10, verse 12 says here, says this, hatred stirs up strife. How many of you know that? How many of you know that when you get into offense and bitterness and hatred, it stirs up? It's like it just stirs up everything, stirs up the atmosphere. But it says this, but love, but love covers what? Offense. Why don't you stand up this morning? 